We will soon be entering spring storm season. Do you know what to do, what you need to have, and what you need to know to survive a hurricane or a tornado? We'll talk about all three when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you being here. We thank you for being here. And we don't thank you often enough, but we really are thankful for you folks that take your time and join us on the podcast each day. Our listeners are fantastic. You know, they email us, they send us messages and uh, ideas. In fact, we want to thank our friend Todd over there in Oklahoma for suggesting tonight's topic, because it is important for us to revisit the subject of spring storms. And I'll tell you, today the weather is so unfebuary. It really is. It's uncomfortable. It was 82 degrees here in North Alabama today. And I mean, I almost turned on the air conditioner. We just powered up the ceiling fans and that seems to be enough. But I tell you, it's it's uncomfortable to be at the end of winter and to have the daffodils blooming. Hey, you don't even know this, Mark. I took two live buzzing flying honeybees out of the house today. Wow. I found the cats playing with them and I thought, ooh, I don't want you to swallow a honeybee or get stung, but I took two honeybees that were buzzing around inside the house. I don't know how they got in. I don't know anything about that, but it's just odd. The weather is strange, and it tells us that these unstable weather conditions are going to be ripe for a very strong storm season. And you go up north along the Canadian border for some distance down, and they're snowed in. Yeah, they're having record blizzard. Yeah. Crazy. So maybe we can work out a trade, trade them about 40 degrees. (laughs) They would take it. I promise you they would. It'd bring their temperature up and bring our temperature down. I can do 40 degrees better than I can 80. Well, anyway, we do definitely need to address storm season. We want to be practical in our preparedness, and we want to remind you of the things that you need to know and the things you need to have in order to face a tornado or a hurricane season wherever you might be living. And we have a lot to cover today, so let's get started, and let's start out with Thanking our sponsors. We couldn't do this without them and without your support. And one way you can support us is through Buy Me a Coffee. Yeah, it's a wonderful way to donate to our podcast. And we want you to know that the monies that you send to help support our podcast are so appreciated. And we also send a portion of those to our favorite charity, which is St. Jude's Children's Hospitals in Memphis, where they treat and cure childhood cancer. And we find that to be a very worthy cause. Absolutely do. Pro One Gravity Water Filters. They filter out over 200 contaminants. Great idea. Great thing to have, not only for daily use, but in an emergency. Also, for Patriot, that's the number four and the word Patriot. This is a go-to supplier for long-term emergency food and a variety of emergency supplies. And Aura, A-U-R-A, your all-in-one digital safety for the whole family including online protection and identity protection. 
ProLine Digital Group is your custom, reliable, innovative solution for apps, websites, hosting, and digital leads. And Clean Start. Clean Start is a non-alcohol-based hand sanitizer and antiseptic concentrate. And Jim Curtis Knives. These are handcrafted, made-to-order knives with a lifetime warranty and a lifetime sharpening guarantee. And all of our sponsors are linked from our website, which is practicalprepping.info. So what's the first thing we need to do to prepare for storm season? Well, about as much as you say water, 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 I say make a plan, plan, plan. Yes, you do. We need to start now if we haven't already. We do have a plan. But if you've not started, start now on that plan. And we're going to look at a few individualized threat plans. There are bug-out threats, and there are bug-in threats. Okay, so let's talk about the bug-out threats. Well, hurricane, that's time to bug out. In my opinion, if it starts with a her, it's time to go. You know, a lot of folks, though, they want to ride them out. I understand. Now, if if it's a Cat 5 coming, you don't have a choice. Just go. There's some Cat 3s that have had a lot of damage and flooding. And deaths. And the flooding is another thing where we may need to bug out if if we're in a flood. You know, there are more people killed in America in a flood each year than there are in all of the other natural disasters. There's often a huge storm surge attached to a hurricane landfall. So be watching, at least with a hurricane, we generally do have several days of notice. And that works to our advantage. So be weather aware. If you're living in an area that is hurricane prone, that would be the Gulf of Mexico. That would be the East Coast states, the uh, Florida coastline, all the way up to Maine. And New England have actually had hurricanes as well. Also, the threat of wildfire is a time that we may need to leave. Wildfire is generally started two ways, either man's negligence or it can be a lightning strike or some sort of a drought based problem with some sort of spontaneous combustion that can start a wildfire. It can even be the sunlight going through a water bottle, making a magnifying glass and starting it as you would with a magnifying glass. Oh, yes. That's an accidental way to start a wildfire. So even though it's not technically in our hurricane or tornado, let's just include it because you need to be aware that these things can happen. That's a time that you may need to bug out. And if we have damage to our location, to our home, to our shelter, to where we live, it may be time that we have to bug out. I mean, if you put a six-foot tree on the first floor of a two-story house, it's time to find someplace else to go. Yeah, that structure is not going to be safe for living in. Next is bug-in and recovery options. These are when we're still there, we stay there, we hunker down. And usually that's tornadoes around here. Now, some folks hunker down in a hurricane, but some get out of town. Well, tornadoes don't give you days and days of warning. No, they don't. And with tornadoes, you have to act very, very quickly. You have to keep your eye on the weather, but you may only have moments to make a safe decision to get into your safe spot wherever you are. You can bug in if you have a safe place, and we'll cover those in more detail in just a few minutes, but let's talk about a hurricane plan. Now, here's some of the things that you need to decide ahead of time, some of the things that you need to make preparations for ahead of time. 
And one is, when do we put up the plywood or the shutters? If you're living in Alabama coastal region, just remember that this is tax-free weekend for emergency supplies. So when Mark mentioned plywood, I'm thinking purchase it now and have it while you can get it. Because the time to buy plywood is not when the weatherman says we're going to have landfall tonight. It's not even when the hurricane comes into the Gulf. It's now when there is no hurricane. Yeah, mainly because it gives you the best opportunity to be able to buy plywood. That, and it takes a little bit of time to cut that and put it up. So you can go ahead and pre-cut it. You can number those and have them ready to go. And then depending on how many windows you have, how high they are, and your own physical ability, it may take a while to put that up. So you want to start early. Another question is, if you're facing a hurricane, when do we leave, if we leave? Would we leave with any hurricane that comes? I probably would, uh, just to be honest. Yeah. I probably would. But you start getting along about a Cat 2, is that time to leave? How about when it gets to a Cat 4? What's your decision? When do you leave? You need to pre-plan that. Exactly. Right. And if you are leaving, where are you going? Do you have that in your plan? Where are you headed? And how much cash should you take with you? You know, cash is important because if you go into some hurricane-stricken areas where there may be stores open, there may still not be any power, and they may be a cash-only situation. And it may be when you're coming back in, when you're allowed to come back, that you need that cash. Or you might ride it out, and then you need some supplies after the hurricane, and cash may be the only option that you have there. But if you're going to bug out also, what items do you take? Well, you know, everybody's got to make their own plan. Mm -hmm. You've got to think about things like your prescription medications, maybe copies of documents like mortgages and Take your emergency binder with you. Exactly. All those printed out documents that are of very much importance. All of your insurance agent contacts, Mm -hmm. anything having to do with your dwelling, your structure, your property. All of that stuff which should already be in your emergency binder. So keep that emergency binder up to date. Next is our flood plan. As I mentioned a while ago, flood is the most deadly of all natural disasters. As we mentioned that the storm surge in a hurricane can be absolutely catastrophic. I think of Katrina Mm -hmm. because I think the majority of the deaths occurred after the hurricane actually blew out and there was the storm surge left because of that shallow and below sea level Mm -hmm. area there. And we also have flash floods, or we can have extended rain. Uh, The lower end of our county, about three days good rain, and there are roads closed. You cannot pass through there. That's true. The water table is so high, and the water can fall so quickly and so much that, sure enough, it's... And it's one of those turnaround, don't drown. Every time there's a flash flood I see on the news, somebody decides they're going to drive through it because they believe they've got a big old honking Rubicon and they Mm -hmm. can handle that and they get swept down the creek. Now, we did a whole podcast on floods and flash floods. And if you'd like to make a note, that's episode number 273. And we did that on September the 12th of 2022. So go back and listen to that. Now, similar to your hurricane plan, when you're dealing with any kind of a flood situation, you've got to determine when are you going to leave, where are you going to go, and what are you going to take? And how do you get there? What route are you going to take? 
Let's go to our tornado plan. The tornadoes are one of the things that we prep for here personally because it is probably our most likely threat. Our our most likely threat is weather, and the most severe of those is a tornado. And we want you to have at least a minimum of two ways to receive your warnings, and that is either through an app on your phone, perhaps, with a weather app, or some sort of local television channel or some sort of radio. Find ways that you can get real-time information about the movements of a tornado. And anytime you hear a weather person talking about the polygon, this is a very important aspect of weather forecasting because this indicates the most likely areas and regions that a tornado may strike. And that moves as the tornado moves. So you could not be getting a warning right now and you might get a warning five minutes from now and only have five or ten more minutes to be able to take action. Yeah, that's the problem with a tornado. You just don't have the luxury of time. Right. And on your tornado plan, you need to have a safe place to be. If you've got a storm shelter, that's the place to be. We've talked about it. We're looking into getting a storm shelter here. If you don't have a storm shelter, if you have a basement, corner of the basement is a good place to be. If any of your basement is underground, get in the corner that is the most underground, if that makes sense. Away from any windows. As far away from windows as you can get. Now, if you don't have a basement... Get into an interior room away from windows. That's what we have to do right here. We don't have a basement. And so we get into, literally, we get into a closet off of our hall. And so we get us and two cats and we go to the closet. Another thing you can do is you can put yourself or your loved ones into the bathtub and pull a mattress up over your head. Mm-hmm. because that's generally a fairly strong and secure area. And the mattress, obviously, it may not prevent all injury, but it can certainly go a long way to prevent debris, glass, shards of wood, uh, moving objects you know, from hitting you and striking you or striking your children. If the ceiling is falling, that mattress would protect you from it. All right. We want to say this again because it bears repeating. When a tornado is coming and you're in a mobile home, or a tent, or a camper, or an RV vehicle. You cannot stay in any of those with any degree of safety. They're not built to withstand tornado winds and straight-line winds. It just can't do it. Nor should you be in an automobile. You need to find an emergency shelter, and you need to make yourself aware of where those emergency community shelters are. Some churches have them. Some civic center buildings have them. Some outlying rural communities like volunteer fire department places have them. You need to find out from your place of work, your school or your home, where is the nearest community shelter? Because if you're in one of those mobile home camper situations, you have got to get out of that and into safety. I cannot stress this enough. And I've also seen folks that when they were caught in a tornado area and they were in an automobile, and I've been to enough tornado disasters to where I have seen cars tossed and piled up on each other. I've seen these folks get out of their car, run into what we call a quick mart, a little handy mart, and everybody gets in the walk-in cooler. That is pretty well protected. 
I've never seen one with the entire cooler blown away. Not saying it hasn't happened. I'm saying I haven't seen one. So that would be a fairly safe place to go. But if you're putting your safe place together in your house, there's some things that you really need to have. And that's a helmet for each person. Yeah, something like a bike helmet. Bike helmet. Football helmet. Baseball, whatever. Hard hat. Mm -hmm. You know, something to protect your head. Now, on a hard hat, you want to have the strap that comes below your chin. Right. Uh, Yeah. You don't want that thing to be knocked off or blown off, but you want that head protected. Obviously, you want some flashlights or LED lanterns or glow sticks in there. You know how I am about flashlights? I want one in my pocket and three on the shelf. He does. He and is so, he's, he's well lit <laughs> most of the that, time. That was a good one. And all I'm drinking, I, I've, got, I've got about 18 more ounces of water to finish the day out. You want to put a first aid kit in there because things can happen. Yeah, you can get cut. And having worked in public service, I can tell you I've worked both police departments, sheriff's departments, and third fire departments. And it takes a little while to get to everybody. So you may need to be your own first responder for a bit, and you may need to be able to take care of some of those injuries. Something else that you do want is a signaling device. You know, this was a great idea. I hadn't really thought about this, but when I read this in the notes, I thought, yeah, you know, like some of those uh, horns you hear at the football games. Yeah, the canned air horn. Yeah. You know, one of those. That's it. And, and that was her, folks. That wasn't a can of air. <laughs> or maybe like a boating air horn or a very, very loud, what I call a coach's whistle. The kind of whistle, when you blow into it, you can hear across a football field. Yeah, coach's whistle, police whistle, something like that. And there are some survival whistles that put ours to shame. It's a really good idea because it takes less effort, but you get more sound out. Mm-hmm. And when people and, and search dogs are looking for you... They might likely find you when they can hear you and locate you that way. And if we come in the house looking for you, we'll start yelling for you, and you can blow that whistle, and you can be heard much easier, especially if you are injured. Right. You'll be able to hear that so much better. Put some water in there. You might be there for a while. We've had some long-track tornadoes here in Alabama where we stayed in shelters three or four hours. Mm Mm-hmm. And they they just kept coming one after the other. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, you telling the story about the April 27th, 2011. There were long track tornadoes all across the state of Alabama. It was like, when is this going to stop? It actually came through in two waves. We had the morning wave and then we had the late afternoon wave. It did the most damage, although we... Think in our county at that time we had two killed that morning and ten or twelve more killed that afternoon and evening. Mm, I think people got a little complacent. Yes, they thought the worst had passed, but the the sun heated the air up, the weather got unstable again, and here we go. There we go, and put some snacks and maybe some food in there. Now I eat on a baby schedule. I want to eat every four hours, or I get really grumpy. Yeah, so just think about your regular preps, water and food and snacks, things that are Mm non-perishable. And some sturdy shoes. Definitely some sturdy shoes. You may be walking out on a pile of rubble with sharp nails and screws and glass and wood shards. And maybe all you've lost is a little bit of roofing shingle 
but there are nails in that shingle. Absolutely. And, you know, Murphy's Law says it's pointing up when you step on it. Ew, youch. And some blankets. You can use blankets for a couple of things. If you are a victim of the tornado, if you're hit, you'll probably lose power, you'll lose heat, and you may need to cover up and stay warm. But you can also use it as a cover for debris, like that mattress. You can put it over your head and keep the debris out of your face and your eyes. Well, you can also, after the event is over, you can lay it out across the debris to give you something safer to walk across to. Yes, you could. So let's take a quick break for our sponsors. We'll come back and discuss more plans and provisions that you need to have in place before the storm and some things that we need to do before and after the storm. We'll be right back. A food shortage could be coming. Even in the United States, economic experts wrote at the end of the summer crop season. Farmers sense it too. John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that, quote, we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, end of quote. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good-for-25-years super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called For Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the discount code PREPPER and start building your own food stockpile today. Are you tired of the taste of the water coming from your faucet? Do you ever wonder what is causing that taste? Did you know that treated water on municipal systems often has residue of chlorine effect? There's also bacteria. There are heavy metals. There's a vast number of different things that can add some form of taste to the water. And in some municipalities, you can actually see a color in a clear glass. Oh, it passes the quote-unquote safety test, but there's still something in there. Would you like to have crystal clear, clean, great-tasting water? Pro One Gravity Water Filters will give you just that. We have the Pro One Big Plus, and we use it daily. It makes our water taste better, and it even makes the coffee and the tea taste better. Pro One is also our backup water plan, just in case stuff hits the fan and the city's water system becomes contaminated or shuts down. If it really hits the fan and there's no water, we can source water from a nearby creek or the river, and we can run it through our Pro One filter, and we'll have clean water. Pro One filters come in several sizes to meet the needs of your family. They are affordable, and through December 31st of this year, 
the Pro One Gravity water filters are 25% off. And there's free shipping on all orders over $69.95. Pro One Gravity water filters. The link is on our website, practicalprepping.info. Okay, welcome back. I'm glad that you stuck with us. We're going to talk about a communications plan. We need ways to receive information and to get information out. And that might be that NOAA weather radio. One of the things that we like about it is it will wake you up in the night. And to get information out might be that whistle or horn to let somebody know where you are. There's a number of things that we can do. But one thing you want to have is a printed contact list. And have that with folks' phone, address, and email. In our case, we have every side of the family in one big contact list. We only have to contact one person outside of the impact area, and then they can go to work notifying the rest of the family that we're safe or that we need help bring the cavalry. Something else that we learned, too, especially from that April 27th event, was that text messaging on your smartphone will work when phone calls will not. Mm -hmm. Even if the cell towers are working, text messaging takes less bandwidth. The likelihood is that the cell phones are going to be jammed up with people trying to make phone calls. And when you're eager and desperate for information about your loved ones or if you're wanting to let your loved one know that you're fine, send them a text message. You can even use Messenger or Facebook or social media. And the good thing about that text message is if it doesn't go through instantly, it keeps trying. Right. Eventually it'll get through. Eventually it'll hit. And if it's nothing else but we're safe, no damage, we're safe, minor damage, we're safe, come help. You can, yeah, a lot of folks will do a marked safe from whatever the event is, and they'll post that on Facebook to let people know if they can't get a message out directly. Sometimes social media can actually do the heavy lifting there and Mm -hmm. get the word out. Now, you might want to have a hand-cranked radio or solar rechargeable or portable radio with some backup batteries stored, some way to get that information. And obviously, we like the idea of ham radio to be able to let folks know. Yes, and we've got family members that are also amateur radio licensed operators. We do. And so that helps to get the message out as well. All right, how about an evacuation plan? Well, you just touched on it. You know, if you've got 400 family members, it would take time for you to contact all 400. So it's like what we've done is we've set up a point of contact. We contact this family member, and then they pick up the baton, so to speak, and then they contact the next five, and then those five contact the next 10, and then those 10 contact on three. But notify someone that you're leaving. Notify folks that we are evacuating. Right. If they don't know that. That's the point. And they see your house smashed to bits from a hurricane or a tornado. Or they just can't hear from you. Right. So do let somebody know that you are bugging out. And ahead of time, plan a place to go. Now, this can be a hotel. Our first two or three bug out locations have room service. Yeah. Why suffer, right? Then we have family (laughs) members after that. We can go three directions and go to family members. Mm -hmm. But you do want to leave early. You won't be the only one leaving. And if you're trying to evacuate for a hurricane or wildfire, There's going to be a lot of folks trying to leave, and you're going to encounter traffic jams. 
And you may get up and find that there's no room in the inn. Right. So consider what your options are, what a safe distance would be, and what's reasonable for you to be able to plan to do. And then after, here's a after-the-fact recovery plan. One, we want to assess any damage. Is it safe to stay? Mm. What is working and what doesn't? And if you are assessing damage, this is the time to start photographing Mm -hmm. your belongings, your home, your property, your cars, your boats, any anything that has sustained damage for which you have insurance, you're going to need to have some photographic evidence right. of that. And if you have that photographic evidence, then you can go ahead and begin some of the cleanup effort there. You also need a power plan. If you plan on using a generator, make sure you have fuel ahead of time. Oh, you know why? Because for every hurricane that comes, those gas stations are going to start selling out because they won't be able to supply gas as quickly as they sell it. Because some folks are going early and getting that extra fuel they'll Mm -hmm. need. Other people are complacent and a little bit lazy about it, and they decide that at the very last minute, they'll jump in their car and they'll join the hordes of millions that are also on the highway. Maybe you don't have a whole lot of damage, but you're just without power for a few days. You need to have that gasoline ahead of time or propane or dual fuel, whichever. Yeah, exactly. And so be able to have that stored enough to last you at least a few days and also have your power banks charged up for charging your phones. Absolutely. You should have several A varying strength, too. Some that you can carry in a pocket and some that might be a little bit more of an office-type deal. So many different kinds of power banks are much more affordable now, too, and they hold Mm -hmm. and and provide a tremendous amount of power. And have extra batteries for every device you have. Let me rephrase that, maybe. Have the correct size for every device that you have. If you're carrying a AA flashlight, if you're carrying a AAA If you've got a nine volt radio, if you've got a big honking D cell flashlight, or in our Mr. Heater Big Buddy, it uses four D cell batteries. It actually has a, this particular one, there are two models. This one has the fan in it, which blows the heat out instead of it going just up. And so if we had to depend on that for several days, we might go through a couple of sets of batteries for Definitely. And that's why we keep the battery buddy full of batteries. Well, you speaking about batteries, if you have devices that are used to preserve your health, like a CPAP machine or a BiPAP machine, or if you're on some some sort of medical device that requires power, you're going to need to figure out how you're going to power those devices. So the generator is certainly a great idea. A suction machine comes to mind. Mm. A, a lot of people, caretakers have to use that suction machine To keep their loved one's airway clear. Exactly. How are you going to run it? You've got to put your plan together. Yep. And you might need battery backup on that. Now, we're going to talk practical prepping here for just a moment. Food. You're going to need food. You're going to want food. And you need to find a way to prepare it, particularly if you have no power in the house. Mm -hmm. And one thing you can do is have a variety of foods that you can eat without cooking. You know, like sandwich items, bread, peanut butter. Almond butter, they don't need any refrigeration. You can also just do like snack cookies and crackers that have peanut butter or cheese in there that are Mm non-refrigerated. You can use cereals and milk. 
and you probably need to have some of that blue ice on hand and a cooler to put your milk in. You're good for a day on that refrigerator, but then you need to start cooling that stuff down to keep it from spoiling. You know, power bars, meal bars, nutrition bars, breakfast bars, those Nature Valley kind, uh, all of those types of things are great. Mixed nuts, beef jerky, turkey jerky, dried fruits, dried vegetables, fresh fruits, fresh vegetables. You know, eat what's fresh first if you have that available to you and then rely on your non-refrigerated or non-perishable foods for the remainder of the time. So study over your preps and see what you have to be able to provide nutrition and water for that time. And you need a variety of easy to prepare food. Now we were talking about the no cooking necessary, like the peanut butter sandwiches. And in my case, just give me a jar of peanut butter and spoon. And True. I'm doing pretty well. You know, I buy him his own jar. Yeah. and <laughs> I do. When it, I go to the store, I buy two and I'll put his name on the lid of one because I don't want to be cooking and preparing food out of the one he's been dipping his lovely spoon into. So there's a little real talk from the Mark and Krista show. Yeah. And I reached in there the other day to get my, my can ran out. My jar of peanut butter ran out. So (laughs) I I reach in to get the other one and I look at the top and where mine normally has my name on it. This one says not yours. Yeah, (laughs) it sure did. Guess what? Hate it. Anyway. I hate it. <laughs> so you're talking about even having some candy, some M&Ms. That, you know, it melts in your mouth, not in your hand. That and store canned goods, soups. Oh, yeah, some canned soup. Yeah, rice. Those are easy to prepare foods. And the comfort foods. Uh-huh. Now, you mentioned the M&Ms, and they, they store very, very well in the heat where other chocolate does not. Exactly. And have alternative ways to cook, as we mentioned before. All right, talk about your favorite thing. Water. So make sure you have enough water to last for several weeks or maybe even a month or more. The commercial water, the tap water that you may be paying a bill on, it might get contaminated from a storm surge or a pipe bursting. It will get contaminated in storm surge from a hurricane. Well, also, too, A lot of public works will actually shut the water off. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've seen several cities that have done that. They've had boil water ordinances. They've shut off the tap water. And various things can happen. So you've got to have a way to put your hands on a supply of water that can't come from the tap. And you may have to filter it and purify it. You may have to pre-filter it through a bandana or a T-shirt and then boil it. And to we've, make it safe. We've devoted so many podcasts, and we'll continue to devote podcasts to water because it's the single most vital item that you must have in any prep for any reason. I mean, there's no argument. You have to have clean drinking water. Now, here's some other thoughts that we have, and some of these are kind of a repeat of something else that we've said earlier but have appropriate work footwear and work gloves. Yeah, gloves are important. Very important because you may have to start dealing with debris and damage and such as that, and you begin to pull limbs. If it's just limbs, those will wear blisters on your hands. Mm-hmm. And you may be stepping on nails or broken glass so and even broken wood out in the yard if you're coming out. So you want appropriate footwear. Also, have some ways to stay cool. A lot of these spring storms, 
can be followed by very warm and very unpleasant, very humid weather. So you can get those little individual battery-operated fans that you can wear around your neck. I've even seen fans that sit atop a little spray mist bottle where you Mm -hmm. can mist your face and then fan and get cool. You can even get those cooling towels that you can dip into water and wring out and stretch out. And you can wear those around your neck or wrap around your head. Mark actually uses those when he does yard work in the summertime Mm -hmm. to stay cool, and they really are effective. And I have been known to use the neck wrap and then put the little two fans on you that blow back on your face. You really want to be cool. I, I do. I do not like hot weather. You want to have adequate protection against mosquitoes. Well, that's the truth, and I'll just tell you quickly a true story. I lived in North Carolina when Hurricane Hugo came blowing through, and Hurricane Hugo went right up into inland, the Charlotte and the greater Mecklenburg and Charlotte Cabarrus County area. And the day after that hurricane, which occurred in September, Mm -hmm. late September, the next day, it was 90-something plus degrees. And I'm telling you, the mosquitoes were in force. We tease people about the, in the South, we call the mosquito our state bird because we feel like they're that big. And when they bite you, it hurts. That they do. And we sent a team, one of our teams went to Lake Wells, Florida. I believe it was after Charlie. And I would check with this team leader every day. What do you need? How's everything going? I've got a crew coming that way. What do you need? And so he would stay there, and they would rotate some teams out. And one day he told me, he said, either send me a case of Deep Woods off or a case of 410 shotgun shells. He said, the mosquitoes down here are the size of crows. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, they can be absolutely miserable. So You may have to be outside working on recovery. You may have windows or doors open, especially if you had storm surge that got in or near. That must be dried out. So you may have those open while you're working inside, cutting walls, removing carpet and such as that. You just don't want to be dealing with the scourge of mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. And the last minute in the few days during the approach of a hurricane, here's some things you may want to be doing. Go ahead and top off your vehicle's fuel tank. While you have a chance and go to the bank and get some extra cash to have on hand after the hurricane, just in case those credit card machines or an internet is not operable. Yeah. The financial systems and the internet can be affected and probably will be, but some local merchants like gas stations may open up so you can buy ice and gasoline until they run out, but they may not be able or probably won't be able to process that debit card or credit card, but they'll sell it to you for cash. Right. So it's just something to keep in mind. Also, when you've got the opportunity, board up or tape up your windows. That's very good to go ahead and get that just out of the way while you've got the energy and the time. And here was one that came from a listener is to wash and dry all of your clothes ahead of time. Go ahead and do that while you have water and while you have electricity. So that gives you a few more days of clothes to be able to wear after the hurricane. You know, I would probably put several of changes of clothes in some kind of plastic bag protection just to keep them dry Mm -hmm. and mark it appropriately to make sure that nobody thinks it's garbage or something. But washing and drying all your clothes, that's a great tip. Also, go ahead and pack a bag. 
Just in case the worst happens and you know you have to leave, you're ready to go, get it going. And this is what Chris was talking about a while ago. Use up your perishable foods that you don't want to lose. Right. If you've just spent $50 on fresh fruit vegetables, then go ahead and consume them. Yes. This really tags on to what she was talking about a while ago, is take an inventory, and she mentioned photographs, and that's probably the quickest and easiest way to do it, of the inside of your refrigerator and your freezer items. Right. Try to take a picture of everything that you have. I actually had an insurance settlement after a hurricane power outage where I lost. The the freezer itself died, and everything inside of it was really awful. And the insurance company reimbursed me for the cost of my food and the cost of a replacement freezer. So that was pretty cool. And take pictures of any expensive items that you have. It's always good to have that already on record. Put that on a thumb drive with digital cameras today, and you can put that thumb drive in your pocket, and you can have it with you and be able to prove those things. And if you have a garden, take a picture of the garden before the hurricane comes through. They'll reimburse some of the cost of that as well. Be sure to photograph anything that you may have in your prepper pantry that you feel would be of value that would need to be claimed. You can figure out the replacement value later. That Don't worry about trying to figure that out. Just get things photographed and get them cataloged in such a way on your phone, device, or in actual print so that you can have a record of that. Because after it's over with, you're going to forget some things. I mm-hmm. mean, think about what you have in your home office. Think of your office machines. Think of what you have in your closet. Think of the medications. Think of things that your children own. Their bicycles, their scooters. Their, and and even know. if you don't have time to catalog it today, go through and photograph it. You can go through the photographs and remember later what it was and catalog it then. And this can be used against your insurance deductible or as a loss on your income tax. Exactly. Another thing that you can do if this is something in your wheelhouse, if this is something that you have the capability to do, is to go ahead and can or preserve anything of great value in your freezer if you don't want to lose it. If you And we're talking here, hurricane. You know this thing's coming. You may have time to, to do that. Another thing, very, very important, is secure anything outside so it doesn't become a flying object. Yes, if you have a garage, go ahead and put patio furniture and the umbrellas, the grill, and those types of things into that structure. Some folks have even tied the chairs and the table and thing together so they're heavier. And tie tie that to a tree or tie it to wrought iron or something like that. Tornadoes are not joking things, but we always joke around, where's the trampoline photos? You know, because the trampolines around here wind up getting thrown down the block. and Oh, sure. You know, you know, or like the trash can. See, that's another thing. You've mm-hmm. got a trash can or a recycling can. Even if you've got very small, lightweight flower pots, you may want to gather all those things up in a way so that wind isn't going to pick them up and launch them through your window. And if you know this hurricane's coming and you have several days to deal with this, you might go ahead and pay any bills that are due in the next week or so. Yeah. Go ahead and get that out of the way. Most of ours are paid online. And so if we did not have internet capability for a little bit, we'd have a hard time paying bills. So go ahead and pay those ahead of time. 
So we've talked about some of the things that you can do ahead of time. We've talked about some of the things that you would do at the last minute. And we've talked about some of the things that you can do in recovery if you are affected by that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we hope that you've picked up a tip or two. I know we have, every time we do this, we pick up some more tips as well. We want you to know what to do. We want you to have what you need. And we want you to know what you need to know because stuff happens. You need to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.